Hello friends. Now I'm going to read chapter four, broadening and deepening markets. As we gain confidence that the volatility endangered by the taper tantrum in summer 2013 would not re-emerge, we could focus on broadening and deepening our debt derivatives and exchange markets. Once again, liberal economists wanted a big bang removal of all constraints on market participation. This was all very well in an economy that had well-functioning institutions such as a bankruptcy procedure, so that those who took ex- excessive risks would get their just deserts. In an economy where such institutions were in the process of being developed, a big bank re- uh, reform entailed uncertain benefits and likely costs. I preferred to follow the RBI's uh, traditional course of steady liberalization, only asking questions of my colleagues continually of uh, what the rationale behind rules were and urging them to up the pace of change. In these reforms, Deputy Governor H.R. Khan was a pillar of strength, both with uh, his intimate knowledge of the markets and with his determination that the RBI needed to liberalize steadily. Executive editors like G. Padmanabhan, Chandan Sina, G. Mahalingam, Rajeshwar Rao and R. Kanungo provided strong support. A speech to the Foreign Exchange Dealers Association of India on 26 August 2016 summarizes our thinking and what we did. Strengthening our debt markets I want to speak today about debt markets and associated derivatives. Why we need them? Why we why we need them to to be deep and liquid? Why, in addition to central and state governments, we need riskier firms and projects to be able to access the bond markets for funds? Why we need to encourage product innovation and finally the dilemmas that regulators like the RBI face. In the process, I hope to touch on some of our recent successes as well as failures and our ambitions for the future. There are three important reasons why debt markets have become a lot more attractive in recent months. First, we finally have a framework that commits us to low and stable inflation. Yes, July's inflation reading was a high 6.07%, but I have do not doubt Sorry, but I have no doubt that inflation will fall in the months ahead. The key point is that market participants know that the Monetary Policy Committee has to maintain low and stable inflation, certainly over the next five years for which its remit has been set and it will do what it takes. This lowers the inflation risk premium and uh, thus reduces the nominal fixed interest rate for everyone from the government to the riskiest borrower. In this regard, I am confident that Dr. Ujit Patel, who has worked closely with me on monetary policy for the last three years, will ably guide the Monetary Policy Committee going forward in achieving our inflation objective. Second development has been the reluctance of public sector banks to link and together with the private sector banks, the reluctance to fully pass through past policy rate cuts into bank lending rates. Short-term market rates, however, have seen a full pass-through. No wonder highly rated firms are bypassing banks to borrow from the commercial paper markets with 
outstanding commercial paper having more than doubled in the last two years to over three lakh crores. But what of lower rated firms? Unfortunately, the difficulty of debt recovery in India has meant that uh, credit spreads are wider than elsewhere. This is where the third notable development comes in. Recent reforms of the securitization and reconstruction of financial assets and enforcement of security interest act and uh, debt recovery tribunals as well as the new bankruptcy code will help enhance the prospects of repayment thus reducing credit spreads. Given these developments what should the objectives of fixed income market regulation be? the objectives of market regulation as a developing country regulator the rbi is focused on enhancing growth while maintaining stability in the past this has meant that the rbi has moved cautiously on liberalizing fixed income and derivatives markets what is there about these markets for central banks to worry about typically three issues we have always worried that uh, that markets attract speculators and that in thin markets the Speculative element can move market prices away from fundamentals. This is certainly a concern, but we should also remember that not all speculators think the same way. So long as there is a no concerted move to manipulate markets and this concerted manipulation can be prevented by regulation, the varied opinions of speculators can provide liquidity, which in turn can make the markets more immune to manipulation. In other words, excessive fear of speculation in markets is self-fulfilling. It renders markets liquid and prone to manipulation. Second, markets can be a source of competition for established institutional players. For instance, as I noted above, high-quality corporate credits can migrate from banks to debt markets. This may push banks into higher-risk lending. Once again, there is a merit in these concerns. However, too much can also be made of them. After all, banks are supposed to lend to riskier clients that need monitoring and hand-holding, while markets are supposed to lend to clients who do not need such attention. Moreover, the problem in India is too much risk ends up on bank balance sheets, either directly or indirectly. For example, non-bank finance compa companies, that is NBFCs, are supposed to take on greater risk such as loans to real estate developers because their liabilities are longer term. In actuality, though many have substantial borrowings from banks, it would be better from the perspective of systemic risk if they replaced bank financing with market borrowing. More generally, some of the very large single and group exposures of banks should be brought down by forcing large borrowers to raise more market financing. Third, we worry about unbridled innovation that attempts to get around prudential and supervisory norms and ends up creating uncertain valuations and systemic risk. For instance, the fixed income products and derivatives structured around housing mortgage pools in the United States became hard to value as house prices turned down. This was a primary factor in the global financial crisis. Once again, the financial innovation has been useful in opening credit to the hitherto un underserved. The unfortunately named junk bonds have indeed facilitated the growth of a variety of uh, enterprises and sectors. 
most recently shale oil while regulators have to weigh carefully the benefits versus the systemic risks posed by every new product we cannot simply ban all innovation just because it makes us feel safer the broader point is that a major and well signaled liberalization of fixed income and derivative markets will probably allow us to reap the benefits of deeper and more liquid markets while minimizing the risks associated with speculation competition and innovation over the last few years we have had to proceed somewhat cautiously on market development because we worried about because we worried about creating vulnerabilities when global financial markets were fragile but as macroeconomic stability has strengthened the movement has always been forward yesterday's announcement uh, yesterday's announcements of additional market reforms were simply the next steps in steady major liberalization let me explain participation greater participation adds liquidity over the years we have tried to enhance participation most recently even though retail investors form a small part of the global fixed income market we are working to enhance their access to the institution dominated screen based nds open market authors note a market for government bonds hosted by the rbi so that they can trade government securities and also so that they can use their dematerialized accounts to do so however in markets that require sophisticated understanding such as complex derivatives we continue to be careful about broadening retail access we can be more relaxed about uh, institutional participation foreign portfolio investors will uh, now have direct access to a variety of markets including nds open market corporate bond trading and perhaps other market segments going forward one reason we limited institutional participation in the past was to prevent speculation so for example we required participants to be long and underlying exchange assets say dollars in order for them to take a short position in financial markets and vice versa but sometimes the volume of importers hedging prospective imports by buying dollars forward far outweigh for for outweighs the volume of exporters who hedge future receipts by selling dollars forward to satisfy the net demand for forward dollar hedging typically banks have taken the other side however to ensure bank stability we have limited the extent of open position that the banks can hold there is a cost to these limits every time the market gets uh, imbalanced exchange rates have have to move substantially to equalize temporary imbalances between demand and supply even if unwarranted by medium term fundamentals this puts more pressure on central bank to intervene we can certainly increase bank open position limits and will do so over time but it would not be prudent to place all the exchange risk on banks a better opinion would be to allow more players to hold open positions without an underlying with some limit so that we do not get excessive speculation or attempts at uh, 
manipulation by single traders this can rectify market imbalances improving exchange market liquidity and debt without imposing large demands on banks or on the rbi the rbi took a fundamental step in this direction yesterday by allowing a moderate open position to all market participants based on experience the rbi will decide further moves finally not all participation adds to liquidity and depth in india markets for example some foreign organizations have suggested allowing trading of uh, domestically issued indian securities abroad only reporting the trades domestically unfortunately this could subtract uh, trading on indian exchanges and thereby diminish liquidity we have suggested to such organizations that they either conduct their trades on the indian exchanges or that they direct their clients to masala bonds authors note on these are rupee de- uh, denominated bonds issued in foreign locals that are discussed later in the speech the former is still under discussion innovation financial innovation is sometimes seen in a bleak light as a way to evade or avoid taxes and uh, regulations properly done however financial innovation can slice and dice risk so that uh, they are placed on the right shoulders one example of such an investment is a uh, interest rate futures where after an overhaul in 2013 sorry one example of such an instrument is interest rate futures where after an overhaul uh, in um, 2013 to 14 the last 12 months average daily trading volume was close to rupees 23 billion and despite falling in recent months an investor bank or corporation can use the irf Uh, can use the IRF market to gain or shed interest exposures as they desire the key to the success of this market has been to allow the design of the relevant instrument to be governed by market participants while ensuring regulatory concerns are satisfied we are proceeding in a similar way with money market uh, futures contracts not all innovative instruments have been successful inflation indexed bonds that is irbs tied to the wholesale price index have not been very popular because the rbi has moved away from a focus on the wholesale price index to a focus on consumer price index even the market for consumer price index uh, for consumer price index indexed uh, inflation indexed bonds has been uh, lukewarm the moderate investor interest perhaps reflects the disinflationary environment where inflation protection is less sought after also unlike the more tax protected gold monetization bonds the cpi indexed irbs are not fully tax protected against inflation going forward a level a level playing field on taxes is warranted for all instruments so that instruments do not gain favor or uh, simply because they get better tax treatment the lesson from these examples is that financial innovation needs support not to create a tax or regulatory uh, arbitrage but so that appealing features are encouraged innovation also requires a 
tinkering to modify what does not work until something more appealing can be found the first versions of interest rate futures were not attractive but later versions have succeeded this is why the rbi has moved to a sandbox approach where we are liberal towards early product innovation so long as they are not clearly problematic regulating more carefully only when interest picks up and the product looks like it might become of systemic importance finally an important function for for the regulator in encouraging financial innovation is to create the necessary infrastructure for instance a number of financial contracts are uh, structured of benchmarks rbi has encouraged the setting up of the financial benchmarks india private limited which is building a series of market benchmarks i am hopeful that these will soon be used in innovative financial contracts internationalization as a current account deficit country india needs financing from abroad ideally we would like to attract risk capital which is in short supply in this country this means encouraging foreign direct investment as well as equity investment foreign investors can also help deepen debt and derivative markets as they contribute to price discovery and liquidity not all domestic entities should issue claims held by foreign investors ideally of course companies should be left to make decisions about what currency they borrow in and how much they hedge but given our weak bankruptcy system there is a moral hazard built into unhedge to foreign borrowing if the rupee appreciates the promoter takes all the upside associated with paying the low dollar interest rate and the now lower principal if the rupee depreciates the Uh, sorry if the rupee depreciates the occasional unscrupulous promoter goes to his indian bankers and ask them to bail him out this is why the uh, issuance of uh, short term dollar or yen dominated debt by infrastructure companies if left unhedged could be severely problematic in case of rupee depreciation therefore we have encouraged companies that do not have foreign exchange earnings to either issue long term dollar bonds fully hedged to shorter term bonds or rupee denominated masala bonds abroad the first issues recently of masala bonds reflect a coming of age of indian debt that has been insufficiently remarked upon for the first time in recent decades the rupee's value is uh, trusted enough in international markets and uh, uh, sorry uh, for the first time in recent decades the rupees value is trusted enough in international markets that corporations can issue their a domestic currency going forward we hope a more vibrant masala bond market abroad will complement uh, will complement a vibrant domestic corporate bond market even though foreign direct investment flows are enough to cover our current account deficit we are also encouraging inflows into the debt markets to improve depth and liquidity we have progressively expanded uh, fpi limits in in government debt and recently specified how these limits will expand for the 
of foreseeable future we have also opened up investment in state government debt and uh, laid out the medium term plan for those limits also in general our aim is to liberalize steadily but in a thoughtful way continuously asking him for the liberalization will strengthen our domestic markets we have not been persuaded by every market plea for example a uh, number of investment banks want a dollar dominated uh, sorry uh, want a dollar denominated government securities issued internationally ostensibly to create a benchmark dollar yield curve for indian instruments while i agree such an instrument would be attractive for investors in the yield starved in the yield starved world i am not persuaded it is useful for india when much of the emerging world would lo- would love to move from issuing dollar debt to issuing in its own currency so as to avoid currency risks i i don't see why we should move the other way instead let us build out an international quasi sovereign rupee yield curve so that rupee uh, issuances can be priced easily it is with this in mind that uh, we have allowed banks to issue masala bonds yesterday with bank bonds being a good quasi sovereign proxy liquidity of course not all parts of the rupee yield curve are liquid even in the domestic government security market at the very short end we are just trying to bring more liquidity and better pricing through the auctioning of term repos at the longer end we have been trying to focus on more liquid securities in our open market operations so that the term curve evens out we are also proposing to encourage market uh, making in specific uh, government security instruments by involving primary dealers one way to bring liquidity to corporate debt is to enable them to be used as collateral in repo transactions with the central bank with appropriate haircuts of course as the banks become able to borrow against their high quality corporate bonds yields will fall and more issuers will come to the market with this in mind we have initiated the process with the government to amend the RBI act to allow the RBI to conduct repos of corporate bonds with banks and other financial institutions ratings contingent support and supply the the ratings put out by credit rating agencies are important in assuring arms length investors about corporate credit credit quality in order for their ratings to be accurate agencies need both up to date information as well as good analysis agencies have asked the rbi to give them information about corporate bank borrowings since these are available from the credit information bureaus the rbi has suggested the credit rating agencies become members of credit information bureaus i do hope that uh, Uh, incidents where a uh, highly rated corporate bond uh, plummets without warning into default will become increasingly rare as the rating agencies exercise due diligence some have argued that the easy access to bank cash credit keeps large corporations from going to the money and bond markets for funds this phenomenon also raises bank exposures to 
सिंगल नेम्स और ग्रुप्स इंक्रीजिंग देयर रिस्क कॉन्सेंट्रेशन वाइल एज सजेस्टेड अर्लियर वी आर सींग सम मूवमेंट ऑफ कॉरपोरेशन टू द मनी एंड बॉन्ड मार्केट इन दिस पीरियड ऑफ बैंक स्ट्रेस वी विल नोज कॉरपोरेशन फर्दर बाई इम्पोजिंग हायर provisioning and capital requirements for banks on such corporate lending when exposures become large many of the measures proposed so far will enhance the attractiveness of uh, highly rated corporate bonds to investors but infrastructure projects that need substantial amounts of financing may not start out highly rated to enable such entities to issue we have allowed banks to offer credit enhancement to such bonds we have been careful to set the capital requirement for such credit enhancement commensurate with the risk banks uh with the risk banks are taking on so that there is a no arbitrage instead is announced majors should make it easier for banks to offer appropriate amounts of credit enhancement one area that needs greater clarification is obligations of state governments as well as state government guaranteed obligations in order for state government obligations to have zero risk weight and have the highest rating it is important that there be no explicit or implicit default or restructuring of such obligations while a restructuring may seem like a way to postpone obligations its ramifications not just for the yield the market will demand of the particular state government issuer in the future but also for the yields on obligations of other state governments are large enough that such actions should continue to remain unthinkable regulations we are conscious of the limitations placed on netting of derivative contracts and thus the higher associated capital requirements on banks The issue has been taken up with the government and we hope to amend the RBI act to make such netting possible as with the tax issues associated with the securitization which have recently been addressed by the government resolving this issue should lead to substantial market activity finally while while the RBI is a liberalizer we have to be careful not to relax prudential regulations simply because an entity or activity is deemed of national importance dispensation on prudential regulation is the wrong instrument to favor such activities or nationally important activities such as infrastructure may be very risky to require lower provisions or to allow higher leverage or ecbs for uh, for such activities may increase systemic risk in the long run the activity may be damaged by the regulatory dispensation too many infrastructure projects that do not have dollar earnings will be financed with dollar or yen or loans and cannot repay and and stability may also be compromised it is a far better far better for the government to directly subsidize such activities if it deems them important than for the RBI to sacrifice systemic stability on the altar of national importance conclusion let me conclude while the RBI has been cautious in reforming during the recent period of global market turmoil it has not stood still market reforms have proceeded at a steady major pace observers may be impatient but my belief is that steady and 
irreversible reform and mini banks like yesterday's rather than big bank is the need of the hour as global conditions become less uncertain the pace of reform can pick up the lessons we have learned during this period on what works will be invaluable then so here four chapter is over so friends thank you thank you very much